Good morning, children of the Most High God. I am grateful to have the opportunity to be coming to you once again via podcast. I do hope that these brief messages are a source of strength and inspiration to each of you. Thank you to everyone that has taken the time to let me know that you are indeed enjoying the podcasts. It really does mean a lot to me to know that you are listening and that you are gleaning from the things that I'm trying to share with you. I also want to thank those of you who take the time to respond during our online services. Uh, Whether you text amen or you comment uh, in the chat session or however you respond, maybe you just send a, a note after the fact. Uh, expressing what the service meant to you. It is deeply, deeply appreciated. I am sincere when I tell you that these little gestures really help to bring peace to this pastor's heart because it, it directly tells me that you are engaged, you're involved, and you're remaining connected to the church. Um. As the service got started uh, Sunday morning, I got a text from Brother and Sister Goff. They sent me a picture of their family gathered together, ready to join in the service. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, that really blessed me. So if you think about it, why don't you do the same thing the next time that your family is together preparing for the service? Just, just take a quick, uh, I started to say selfie, but I guess the word now is ussy. Uh, something I don't know, but whatever it is, take a quick family photo uh, and and send it over to me uh, through text or email and just let me see your smiling faces. Let me know that you are ready to have church with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. I would honestly love for my phone to just be inundated with the smiling faces of the members of the Truth Church as we get ready to kick off another live stream. So Tuesday night, next Sunday morning, Sunday night, when, when you gather together one of those services, why don't you do that? Take a picture. And if you're by yourself, take a picture of yourself. Uh, do a selfie. Send it to me. I really do want to see you and um, uh, want uh, a response from you knowing that you're out there and you're listening. It would mean a lot to me. Uh, last week, we mentioned that we were expecting the delivery of prayer cards, uh, which is a new business card that only contains the church name, uh, the email address, prayer at olathatruth.com, and a place for you to write your name and phone number if you so desire. Um, we had been told that they would be in no later than Tuesday of last week, and unfortunately that did not happen. We did finally receive them towards the end of the week, and they are available right now. If you'd like to have some, you can stop by the church and get them. We have them sitting out where the other church cards normally are. Uh, There's a stack of those right there. There are also a whole box uh, in the sound booth in the sanctuary that you can get to if you want some of those. Or uh, if you would like to, you can let us know. Uh, someone from the ministerial staff contacts you or you can reach out to me directly. Let us know that you'd like to have some. We'll make sure that we get them to you. Uh, I do believe that this small tool 
can go a long way in helping our community to know that we are here for them and we will carry their burdens to the Lord in prayer. Sunday morning, before I started preaching, I mentioned how all of you have been weighing heavy on my heart and mind. And I honestly have not been able to get a lot of sleep. Uh, I've, I've just, it just weighs so heavy on me because I care about you. I'm concerned about you. I just got word today of a neighboring oneness church that has really been hit, been hit hard by this virus. 21 people, including the pastor and his wife, uh, that are affected. These are people that I know and, um, they've been affected by this. I'm concerned about you, saints. I just want to hear from you. You are not being a burden to reach out to me. I really do want to hear from you, want to talk to you, want to know that everything is all right. Um, But as I said, I I didn't get a lot of sleep uh, on on Saturday night. I woke up very early in the morning, about 4 o'clock. I think it was 1 uh, Saturday morning before I'd gone to bed, and so I'd slept maybe three hours on Saturday night. Um, I preached hard. I gave it my very best Sunday morning, and then when I finished, I just was spent. I just felt like I had done all I could do and just couldn't go any further. And so uh, when we left the church, went home, grabbed a quick bite to eat, and I thought, you know, I'm going to try to lie down for a little while, try to get a little rest before the evening service. But even as I was starting to uh, to try to get ready for my nap, I, I was thinking about this podcast and thinking about reaching out to you good saints again. And, and I just... I just started praying again and said, God, put something on my heart. Give me something that will help the people of God during this time. Uh, I was able to get a very brief nap, got a little bit of of rest. and, And when I woke up, there was a phrase that was going through my mind. Uh, kind of an unusual phrase, but I do feel like it was from the Lord. And and that phrase was simply this, denying the devil's desire. Denying the devil's desire. And as I thought about that phrase, I realized that was the title of a message that I had preached to the church a number of years ago. So as soon as I got back to my office on Sunday afternoon, I, I had to do a search for that message And as I began to look through the notes, I recognized in that a very valuable principle which is well worth sharing and is especially relevant to the situation in which we find ourselves. So with that said, let's turn our attention to the book of Luke chapter 22 and verse number 31. Jesus is talking to Simon Peter. Luke chapter 22, verse 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Now think about that. Jesus said to Simon Peter, the devil desires to destroy you. The devil has put a bullseye on your chest. The devil wants to pick you apart until there is nothing left of you but little pieces. Now, now this is what 
Jesus is telling Peter. One commentator said uh, this, this phrase that uh, Satan wants to sift you as wheat. One commentator said that grain was agitated or shaken in a kind of a fan or a, or a sieve. The, the grain remained in the fan and the chaff and dust were thrown off. So Christ says that Satan desired to try Peter, to place trials and temptations before him, to agitate him, if you please, to see whether anything of faith would remain or whether all would, would not be found to be chaff, mere natural ardor, enthusiasm, false professions. The devil really was going to do everything he could to sort out just what Peter was really made of. Now, what a terrible place to be in, to know that the enemy has singled you out for destruction. You know, I, I don't want to glorify the devil in any way, but I do want to tell you this, saints, that none of us, none of us is strong enough to defeat the devil by our own power, by our own logic, by our own human ability. And when the devil puts a target on you, get ready. It is going to get bad. But thankfully, God gave us insight into what it would take for Simon to protect himself. And by doing that, he shows us how to protect ourselves. Let's look at it. We're still in Luke 22. Now, the very next verse, verse 32, Jesus said this, But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So the key was to make sure his faith did not fail. Faith, as it's used here, means confidence or trust in God. He's not talking about being able to believe for a miracle. He's talking about just having a confidence and a trust in God's ability to take care of us. And so what Jesus was saying was, Simon, if you're going to make it through this trial, if you're going to make it through this test, you've got to make sure your faith does not fail. When the devil starts to sift you, you'd better have confidence in God. Now look, the scripture makes it very clear that it's this confidence that's going to keep us during a time of spiritual attack. Ephesians 6, verse 16, Paul said, Above all, above all, taking the shield of faith. And again, it's that same word, that confidence, that trust in God. Take the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And how is it that we're supposed to resist him? By taking the shield of faith faith. Don't let the devil convince you that, that God is out to get you or to hurt you in some way. Everybody has problems. Everybody is going through something right now. Don't feel like God has forgotten you or abandoned you. Hold on to your faith. Believe and know and trust that God will bring you through this. Now, that's, that's all fine and good, and, and it's easy to say, just hold on to your faith. But the problem is that while we know we should hold on to our faith, 
It's sometimes easier said than done. In the book of Hebrews chapter 3, there's a lengthy passage. I won't take time to read it all. You might want to when the podcast is over. Uh, read Hebrews chapter 3. But, but the apostle starts talking about the children of Israel and how they wavered in their faith. And, and so let me just point out a couple of things that he says in making analogies between them and us. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if... We hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. We are a part of that spiritual house if we don't lose our confidence. So obviously, this is something that we're going to have to be aware of, something we're going to have to put an effort towards doing. And then he goes on. He says, don't be like the children of Israel. Don't, don't be like them. Hold fast your confidence to the end. Keep on trusting God, even when you don't understand. But then he goes on, verse, verse 14, he said, for we are made partakers of Christ if, there's that word again, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Once again, the apostle says, don't be like the children of Israel. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your confidence. Hold on that beginning of confidence. You remember what it was like as a new convert. You just believed God could do anything and that God would take care of you in spite of any and every situation. Go back and get a hold of that confidence again. Now, once again, we are faced with this. How do we go about it? It's easy to say, amen, preacher. That's exactly what I need to do. But when we are in the devil's sights, we may know what to do, but knowing how to do it is another thing altogether. How do we hold fast the beginning of our confidence unto the end? How do we hang on even when the devil desires to destroy us? Well, again, the Lord's words to Peter gives us the answer. Look again at Luke 22, verse 32. Jesus said, But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Jesus told Simon, Your faith is not going to fail because I have prayed for you. I believe that one vastly overlooked key to someone retaining their confidence and trust in God is the prayer of others. Church, you're not the only one going through the situation you're experiencing right now. Everybody is facing this same dilemma. We're all in this together. And you know what we need to do? We need to make up our minds. We are going to pray for one another. We're going to specifically pray, calling the names of our brothers, our sisters, even your pastor and pastor's wife, the ministers that are on the staff. You need to pray for everybody that our faith will not fail, that we will not lose our confidence that God's going to see us through. We have an obligation to see to it that we cover one another in prayer, that we lift one another up in prayer, that we intercede for those that are in need so that their faith fail not. You see, doing that 
is how we fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. In this terrible situation in which we find ourselves, we have got to understand it is the devil's number one desire to destroy our church family, to destroy our brothers and sisters, to destroy your pastor and your pastor's wife. The devil wants to destroy every one of us right now. While we are scattered, while we cannot come together and draw strength from one another, the devil wants to take advantage of this opportunity and bring us to a place of destruction. But I'm here to declare he's not going to get what he wants. We are going to spend time praying for our brothers and our sisters that their faith will not fail. I'm convinced, I am convinced this is what kept Peter. Yeah, he slipped up. Yes, after this point, he, he failed. He, he denied the Lord three times. But he also went on to become the spokesman of Pentecost and one of the authors of the New Testament. Peter turned his life around. What brought him through that dilemma he was in? What brought him through that crisis where he had denied the Lord and almost gave up? I believe it was because somebody else was praying for Peter during that time. Look, I believe this is how Paul was able to be so successful. Have you ever really stopped to think about everything Paul went through? 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28, he, he starts listing everything that he has been through. He, he says this, he says, In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths off, of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, watchings often, hunger and thirst, fastings often, cold and nakedness, besides those things which are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. This man went through it. This man's life was filled with crisis. And yet, before he died, he sat down and wrote a letter to his son in the gospel and gave this testimony. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, he said, Now, I am ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. But get this, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And Timothy, I have kept the faith. I want you to know this. Even when I didn't understand what was going on, even when it seemed like God was not answering my prayer, I'm telling you in the midst of it all, Timothy, I have not lost my faith. I have held on to my confidence. Paul, how did you do that? Was Paul superhuman? Was it because he just had this halo hanging over his head? No. 
He was as human as every one of us. He felt the same heartaches, the same disappointments. He felt the same pain as he was going through these things. And yet he was victorious through it all. But he didn't do it on his own. He didn't do it by himself. Let me show you some of the very first words he wrote as he penned his letter to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 15, verses 30 to 32. He said, now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, may be with you, or may with you be refreshed. So, so look at what he said. He said this. He said, he said, I am pleading to you. I am begging you, my brothers, that you pray for me. This request was repeated throughout Paul's writings. Let me just give you a few. 2 Corinthians 1.11, you also helping together by prayer for us. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 4, continue in prayer. Watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us. Praying for us. 1 Thessalonians 5.25, brethren, pray for us. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 1, finally, brethren, pray for us. Uh, Philemon 122, but with all prepare me also a lodging for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. And then Hebrews, I believe Paul was the author of Hebrews, Hebrews 13 and 18, he said, pray for us. How was Paul able to keep the faith? He did it because others were praying for him. Now, although some of you feel like you are directly in the devil's sights, and, and he is doing his best to sift you as wheat. I want to assure you, he doesn't have to succeed. And here's the reason why. Because we are praying for you. Somebody is praying for you. And furthermore, we need to learn to pray for one another like never before. We've got to make it to heaven together. Saints of God, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for my wife. Pray for one another. Go down the list. Look in your mind's eye at those that are sitting on the pews in a normal church service. Think of every family. Think of every individual. Call their name in prayer. Let's bind together and pray for one another during this situation. And let's believe that God is going to help us to hold on to our faith until the very end. Child of God, you can make it. We are praying for you. Now, as I close, let me just remind you, if we can do anything to help you, please let us know. Send your prayer requests to prayer at olathetruth.com. That's prayer at olathetruth.com. If you'd like some of our prayer cards, we need to hear from you. We'll do our best to get them to you. If you're having trouble giving online, contact me. Uh, I'll send you a direct link to a video explanation that'll walk you through the process very simply. Uh, that link is not made public for anyone else, but if you'll contact me, I'll send that link to you. You can just watch a short video. It explains it to you. Uh, also, if you're interested in being part of one of our small group worship services, please let us know. Uh, we, we had room on Sunday night for folks. If you want to come, we just need to hear from you. We need you to contact 
contact us and tell us you want to be in one of these services. Worship with a few. We keep it uh, under the guidelines of, of 10 or less. We do our best to maintain social distancing during the time, but, but it just gives you an opportunity to gather with just a few other saints and, and have a time of worship together. If you want to participate, let us know. We'll work out a schedule. We'll put you on the list. Just get in touch with us. We love you, and we look forward to the next time we can get together. God bless you all.